Hi guys, welcome back to the Going With The Flow podcast. I know it's been a while, I apologise, I'm not the most organised person, Um, but today we have a super, super exciting episode with Mario. Hi Mario, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. It's amazing to have you on and I have literally followed Mario since the very beginning of my journey so I can't even tell you how excited I was when you said yes to coming onto this podcast Um, and yeah I know that we've got loads to talk about and you guys the flow community is going to have you know so much there's so much to learn from you because you've just had an incredible journey so much experience in the marketing industry so yeah excited to just get started and again thank you for coming on um do you want to give a little intro to yourself and yeah just about you sure of course yeah so my name's mario marino um i've been in kind of the marketing industry for this is gonna make me sound really old but i promise i'm not that old um (laughs) i've been in the marketing industry now for 12 and a half years um really kind of started my career in social media um right when instagram launched um i went to school for communication studies and advertising not really knowing what i wanted to do and then this thing called social media hit and just took off so you know i've worked for a lot of big brands out there uh guest jeans forever 21 l'oreal paris um h&m uh being kind of the the biggest and as of this last uh, summer, I decided to pivot. I have always kind of been on the corporate brand side of things, and I decided to start my own marketing consulting um, agency. So now I consult on various marketing projects and help brands kind of um, uncover and unlock their social media potential. So I've been around for quite some time. And then my uh, social media, I'm also a content creator as well. Um, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram at follow Mario. Very easy to remember. Um, and if that wasn't enough, I also own my own tea company, which is super random, but um, I love tea and um, my family's from England. So I've always had kind of tea in my blood. Uh, so with that being said, as a little COVID project, I started off saying like, hey, I wonder if I could start my own business and can I make this line of organic, you know, sustainable teas? So um, it's been great marketing through and through. I think that's from my business to my agency to my previous work. I absolutely love marketing. So I'm very thankful to have that as a career. And thank you for for having me on here to talk about marketing because I'm very passionate about it. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that just goes to show as well. It's such a transferable skill. Like marketing is relevant to everything, right? You know, if you're going to start your own business, you need, you know, some form of marketing team. Exactly. It's relevant. So it's incredible that you've been able to, you know, pivot and have those different, you know, having your business to actually starting your own social media agency and also having worked in the industry for 12 years. Like that's just insane in itself. Um, But yeah, so I guess Flow's all about, you know, getting into the industry and sort of helping students and graduates. And that um, difficult time when you just start at the very bottom, have no experience and pretty much don't really know what you want to do with your life. I'm sort of still in that stage now. So um, my question would be, you know, going back to the very beginning of your journey, what was it like getting into the industry for you? And what was your journey like? Did you have to do a lot of internships? Did you sort of, were you a proactive person? And how did you find yourself sort of working, you know, up the ladder to get to the position 
that you were in? Yeah, no, really good, good uh, questions. I think for me, it was it was a lot of hard work. You know, you hear a lot of times people get these jobs and, you know, are making six figures right away. And it's it's not as easy as people, you know, think it is. You have to really work hard. You have to prove yourself. It's a highly competitive industry now. Uh, back then, when I first started, not a lot of people knew about it, right? There was no rule book on social media or how to do social media. You were really kind of like figuring it out as you went. So, you know, from that standpoint, it was it was quite tough. I started out as an intern at Guess, um, and it was supposed to be only a year-long internship, uh, but ended up being two years because I begged to stay on. Um, I was like, I really want to work here. I know you guys don't have a full-time position, but I'm hoping something happens, you know, next year. Would you be willing to keep me on as an intern? And they said, yeah, you know, do this, improve yourself um, and, you know, work hard at it. And we would love to keep you on board. So I think you have to have a very strong work ethic. Um, and you also nowadays have to be resourceful. A lot of people, you know, going to school for marketing, I hate to say this because this is quite controversial, but uh, for marketing and advertising, you don't learn a whole lot in school. Uh, my college degree, yes, I learned a lot about strategy and I learned a lot about high level theory with marketing and advertising, but nobody really teaches you how to do actual marketing, how to run Facebook ads, how to run um, why SEO is important. What does backlinking mean? How do you work with influencers? Like those are skills that they don't teach you in college. So for me, I, I highly recommend if you're just getting started, be resourceful and learn those. There's tons of YouTube videos. There's tons of certifications out there. You kind of have to do those to stand out now because everyone's trying to transition into marketing um, because they know how scalable and profitable it can be. So you have to put in the work. You have to roll up your sleeves and work hard and, and essentially, you know, um, just try to do your best to stay competitive and marketing changes so much one second it's instagram then the next it's tiktok then it's you know something else the metaverse the all of this stuff uh you have to stay on top of all of that and you know um educate yourself too yes a hundred percent i mean even in my role now and i think every marketer can say this like mm -hmm. there's you can never know everything because it's constantly right. changing every week. Like there's a new Instagram yeah. update or something new on, you know, whatever it might be. There's just, there's literally always something new. Um, 100%. And I think it, it's really interesting as well, your point about um, college and university and, you know, school and actually learning about marketing, because mm -hmm. I get this question on flow all the time. It's, you know, do I go and study marketing? And it's also when you're in the industry and you're meeting people, like not everyone has a degree in the marketing field. Right. And I think just because, you know, you've not done, you know, you've not studied marketing, it doesn't mean that you can't get into the industry. And I think exactly, I agree with what you said. Like I actually studied marketing at uni, well, fashion and marketing, yeah. but mm -hmm. I just, when I, like, I just didn't feel prepared at all to go into yeah. the industry. And it was such a huge jump. And I remember just thinking, I just these three years at school I just feel like have gone completely over my head and I've not right it, it's just so different um yeah. so yeah I think I think that is such an interesting point to make um I, I'm not saying obviously you know don't go to union it's not valuable right sure I think you know, I think yeah I 100% agree with you I mean looking back at it I think I might have 
knowing what I know now, I think I would have gone back to school and studied business um, mm-hmm. and really kind of understood more of, of that because I felt like my degree, you know, didn't offer the hands-on experience. So I think if you do want to go to school for marketing, if you do want to go to school for advertising, you kind of also need to figure out how to supplement it as well with mm-hmm. additional classes or like just doing your own research on it. Because I, I would never expect a, a school to be able to, to teach me how to run Facebook ads, you know, like that's what you learn from real world experience. So I think the best way to get your foot in the door is to gain that real world experience, whether that's interning, whether that's freelancing. Um, if you, if you don't have a job yet and, and want to gain kind of a job in that space. Yes. And as much as, you know, it might feel sort of a, a, a weird time and you might not necessarily know, you know, exactly what you want to do. I think, that that point of just trying different things and doing an internship it will help you sort of figure out what you're not good at and what you do enjoy um because you don't always get that with university I feel well my my personal experience like I didn't get to get exposure to all of the different fields in marketing because it's so vast like there's just so much to learn um but yeah I mean I obviously know you've had like your career I mean is just insane and obviously you've experienced so much um but I know after having seen you know some of your TikToks that you've worked for some incredible brands like L'Oreal and as you've mentioned Mm -hmm. um Forever 21 so what was it like actually you know working for these brands and being in the industry and you know is it like fast paced is it like what Mm -hmm. you know what it's like in the movies and all that sort of stuff yeah no it's extremely fast paced and it takes a different type of marketer and I think a lot of people think oh I do social media for myself so therefore I can learn you know how to do it for a brand and you wear a very different hat when you kind of are working for a brand you're focused on selling something um, at least in kind of the space that I was a lot of retail a lot of you know direct to consumer brands for me it's that's kind of your goal to drive conversions drive brand awareness drive all these things when you're an influencer you're trying to drive engagement So it's a very different set of goals that you have. And sorry if you hear any sirens. I I live in New York City. So it's okay. Yeah, it's just not. I literally live next to a main road. And there's honestly the amount of police cars that go around as well. It's just, it's a nightmare. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a lullaby now. I'm just used to it. But (laughs) sorry for you guys. In in New York, though. So, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But um, no, as as I was kind of saying, it's just like, it it just takes such a different mentality when you're working for these big brands and the Mm -hmm. output is insane so like i was working with you know at h&m when i was there we were doing like over 50 campaigns per year which is essentially a campaign per week and you think about the amount of content that you have added those campaigns you get like 75 to 100 assets and basically that translates to posting you know 30 times per day and you just have to make sure that you have the right team the right structure i mean not everybody can do that not every business is that large but when you are a business that big you have to work at a speed that is a lot faster but a lot more strategic too as to what you're putting out there i um, mean i think social media is so important nowadays that like you have to make sure also you're getting it right and not getting it wrong so you have to be very careful but also very fast at getting kind of your content and information out but it's a lot of fun if you are the type of person that you wake up and you're passionate about social media you like change you like you know a million and five different things going on at the same time it's definitely the industry for you so yeah and you know I think that just goes across as well, like marketing in general, because Mm -hmm. it is just such a fast paced industry. And I always say to, you know, people that do reach out, um, 
always you know read as much as you can and follow yes. like the latest marketing you know um newsletters and all that sort of stuff because mm. it does constantly change and you sort of need to just be yeah. on top of everything um and that sort of leads me on to my next question as well which yeah. is you know what are the key skills to you know be work in social media marketing because yeah. i know you've mentioned you know the fact that it's so fast paced and and that you need to be organized and on top of everything but do you yeah. think there's any other like major skills that you know or or even like personality traits or you know yeah. just sort of anything that you think is detrimental to being able to be a social media marketer? Yeah, no, there's, I mean, quite a few, to be honest with you. I think some of the key ones that I would definitely recommend is a collaborator. Um, nine times out of 10, the social media or kind of marketing person has to collaborate with different parts of the organization and functions to understand what are the goals that are needing to be met? What are the campaign focuses? What do the windows look like? You know, all of that helps shape your social media strategy. So you have to to be somebody that isn't afraid to kind of work with other teams or put yourself out there to introduce yourself to other teams. If you like working in kind of a silo and doing your own thing, um, there are types of marketing that may work for you. But as a social media marketer or, you know, somebody that is more of a general marketer, you need to have kind of those skill sets. So I would say, you know, a collaborator is one. The other is really kind of critical thinker or like a, a strategist. I think you have to understand how to change and adapt, right? I love the quote, if you rest, you rust. Um, because I think if you just sit there and say stagnant, you're not going to have the best in class you know, strategy. You have to be, think on your toes. How can you drive selling for this? How can you, you know, drive more engagement? Oh, this trend is coming out. How do we create this trend for our business? Like there's different things that you have to be on your toes for and be mm -hmm. prepared and think critically, but then also strategic to make sure it makes sense for your brand. So I would say those are the two most important. And then it's, I mean, a lot of marketers are like unicorns. They're like analytical yet creative, yet there's kind of like all of these weird contradictions that make up marketers but you kind of have to be kind of all of that in one um, to really succeed. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that's super, you know, interesting to hear as well because I, you know, even my journey, like I've only worked as a marketing assistant and now in influence marketing. So I've actually not had a ton of experience with social. So it's really interesting sure, yeah. to hear, you know, from, hear it from your perspective and, you know, your experience because, you know, obviously you've had, you know so so many years working with major brands so I, I imagine that you know the the social knowledge you have and especially from like the very start of your journey and comparing yeah. what social is now to you know mm -hmm. what it was um very different <laughs> yeah I can imagine like I guess that's um quite quite surreal as well like how much yeah. it has changed um but yeah and I think the next point as well that I want to ask you is a lot of, you know, a lot of the flow community, um, they're sort of like in a stage of figuring out what they want to do um, mm -hmm. and whether that's freelance or starting their own business or, you know, going into trying to apply for like a huge brand, you know, like, yeah. like the ones that you've worked in and to be in a position like that. Yeah. So I just wondered, like, because obviously you've got now the perspective of, actually having your own business going solo and then actually working for these you know huge brands what right. do you think are like the pros and cons and what do you sort of I guess yeah. prefer? I mean I know it's difficult because I guess yeah no it's a good question 100 yeah. percent 
Yeah, I think for given and keep in mind, this is my own personal experience. I think mm-hmm. everybody has their own experience. Everyone has their own taste as to what they like. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, owning my own business is probably the hardest thing that I've ever done, but also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. To have a product that people want to buy that I created, that I taste tested, that I did everything from the design to what colors are going to be used to what the next tea flavors are that are going to launch. Building my website, saying what I wanted in the headers, you know, how I want my logo to look like all that stuff has just been such an incredible journey. And I think it's something that I'm, you know, the most proud of to be able to build something like that. So that's always been a dream of mine uh, to be able to do. And I think it takes a lot of work and it's very frustrating in the sense of like, you're not going to be an overnight success. There's some days to where I've had zero sales. There's some days to where I've had a hundred sales, you know, and it's been so inconsistent. Um, but, you know, part of it is waking up every day, not being defeated by it and kind of pressuring on um, a huge financial drainer. I will tell you that if you're trying to start your own business, you have to invest a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources into it because unlike my, you know, corporate jobs, I don't have a team of 18 people around me helping me execute marketing. I'm doing marketing, budget, finances, product allocation, like all of that stuff. Um, So it can be kind of overwhelming, but I absolutely love it. Um, So I would say that's, you know, a a great thing for people that want to do it. I always recommend having your own business as a side hustle first, um, and really kind of growing and scaling that and then being able to branch off on your own, you know, once you get it to a place that that's scalable. Um, for me, I genuinely enjoyed, I know there's a stigma around TikTok about working for a nine to five job. I loved it. I loved the structure. I love working with the team. I love kind of the collaboration. I'm fortunate enough to where I worked at a lot of really great organizations that have a really good company culture. So for me, that's where I really thrived. Um, on the flip side, you know, kind of being freelancer and starting your own business is incredible too. There's a lot of flexibility in time and scheduling and how you work. I'm the least stressed I've ever been. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. But you work a lot more than nine to five. A lot of times people think, you know, your nine to five job, you know, oh, I work eight hours a day. Well, if you're a freelancer or you own your own own business, get ready to work 24 seven, you know, like, so I think that there's pros and cons to each of those. But I do have to say, there's something to be said about, you know, working for a big brand and taking pride in that and and helping that grow. But on the flip side, there's something to be said about having your own business and that being your baby. So it's really based on what your goals are in life, what you want, what kind of person you are, um, what your income expectations are um, and what you're willing to sacrifice. I think that really kind of lead you to the right answer. I feel like I gave a lot of answers all in one for that one, but (laughs) hopefully that spoke to somebody. (laughs) No, that is honestly, like I feel the exact same. I know obviously I'm in a completely different situation and that, you know, I'm I'm at the very beginning of my journey, but Mm. I also see a lot of this huge like TikTok culture of like quit your nine till five. Yeah you know, earn six figures, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to um, not, you know, it's, it's fine to have a nine to five and to enjoy exactly. that. Not everyone has to have these huge like side hustles and be entrepreneurs. Right. Like, right. and you know, I was, I was like, right, I'm going to go on my own for flow. And then I actually did it. And I was like, I actually feel like incredibly lonely. And this is not, actually, yeah. you know, actually all like, 
I think I got this image in my head literally from TikTok. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was like, you know, it's going to be amazing and it's sort of glamorized. And then yeah. I actually, like, just sat in my room by myself having no interaction with like anyone. Mm-hmm. And for a 22 year old, like, I mean, for anyone, that's not good for your right. mental health. And right. you no, know, I am the exact same as you. Like I like being in an office. I like the yeah. routine and I love like now, fortunately, I have a new job that's part time. So yeah. It's great, you know, it's great to go into an office and the company's great. And yeah, I think, you know, going for anyone who is listening to this thinking, oh, you know, I sort of don't know if I should have a nine to five. Like I personally have had, well, worked in a nine to five and then obviously worked yeah. part time for a, for an agency. And I, I love it as well. So, and again, Absolutely. as you said, there is pros and cons to each. And, you know, I think further right. down the line, if flow could come into something full-time I don't think I can do it yet because I'm just not organized enough but maybe one day but yeah I think yeah. you know it, it really does take a lot of effort and self-motivation yeah. as well like Ab- so, absolutely I'm curious as well like do you have any sort of tips for that because I'll be quite interested yeah. myself like actually having that own routine for your own business because it's quite yes. difficult I found to actually like get up and have your own routine Yep. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think going back to like what you just said is I I felt that too. When I transitioned from having kind of a corporate job to going freelance, very lonely. It's like, okay, I'm building this business myself, but I have no interaction from other team members. I'm still working from home. So, you know, I'm, we've been here, what are we past year two now Mm -hmm. um, of working from home. So it's like, it just, you know, for your mental health, sometimes it's very hard. You're making a lot of connections or you might find some clients and your clients say, hey, we want to work with you, but now's not the right time. We'll circle back in six months. So it's a lot of like reaching out to people, doing a lot of work that doesn't go anywhere. Um, so, you know, once you do land that client, you're like, yes, I got somebody, but still it doesn't fill that void of, you know, having a team, having a ton of collaboration every day, physically going into an office. So I think that's an important thing to know. I think for me, the way that I've really kind of coped with with that and kind of managed everything is I'm a hyper efficient person. I gotta I gotta show you this. I have like a like um oh I love that a column. Like these are all of my businesses, all the things that I do, and I like write every, at the start of my week. Um, every single thing that I need to check off. And I have adopted kind of the system that is a today list and a to-do list. And the today list is only three to five things that I will not finish my day or close my laptop until I finish those three or five things. Mm-hmm. And I have to do all, all of those. So that is my today list. My to-do list is for the full week. So by the end of the week, I have to get everything on my to-do list done. By the today list, I have to get everything done there. Um, so that keeps me on track and hyper kind of scheduled and, and accountable to making mm-hmm. sure that I'm getting everything done. And I sit typically on like Sunday nights or Monday nights and kind of write that all out so I can mm-hmm. go into the week very like fresh minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say in regards to mental health, like especially with us all working from home, I've started to go on mental health blocks. Um, what I started to find is just like, I just needed to be outside. I needed fresh air. I needed vitamin D. I needed to like go out and just like not, I, I learned about this thing on a podcast. I forget who said it, but it was um, talking about like uh, mono um, tasking, which is essentially like the reverse of multitasking, 
where you pick one thing to do and you like pause and do that one thing and whatever that is should like relax or help you reset. So like, I don't put on my headphones. I don't like do anything. I just like walk and I focus on like just going for a walk. And that's really helped kind of my mental health and kind of balancing it all out. My schedule is crazy. If I were to show you my calendar, you'd be like, what, how does that even make sense? But for me, it's just like making those moments for yourself to like, just have something to fixate on without being distracted. And then also being super organized so that you can be efficient with your time. Yeah. And I think that is where I just had my downfall because I just started flow and Mm -hmm. I had this huge list of all of these things that I needed to do because obviously when you're starting out on your own you have to do everything you have to be the marketer and do all the accounting and then do all of the customer service and everything like that so Mm -hmm. I think because I didn't organize into a way that you know splits it up into right today you're going to do this instead I was just looking at this you know huge overwhelming and sort of intimidating like to do plan and I was like do all of this I'm just gonna and it is tempting like it's so tempting sometimes to just think I'm gonna give up I can't do it there's too much right Um, right but no 100% and I've been there too and I think one of the things that you have to keep in mind is like how can you break that down and also you sometimes need to ask yourself am I doing too much or like do I am I really getting value out of spending my time doing this um I for me personally, and nothing against podcasts or anything like that. But for me, I was running a podcast and it stressed me out so much because of the fact that I was like, oh my God, I got got to like record a podcast this week. And it was too loud in my apartment or my dog was barking or like, you know, I had somebody, I only had 15 minutes. So like, for me, what I started to find is like, I was spending so much time like stressing out or trying to like plan towards that but it wasn't getting the same traction as my TikTok content or my social media content. So I was like, I have so much on my plate. I need to cut some things off and Mm -hmm. I need to not pay attention to them as much as I want to do it. I can't. Um, And like understanding what you have the bandwidth to do and also understanding where you have the like impact for my uh, business um, with we spill the tea. I decided to like stop doing Facebook posts because I was like, it's not really driving a lot of value to me. It's an extra thing that I have to do. And, you know, everybody's transitioning out of Facebook. Like, why am I spending time focusing on that? So like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people feel like they have to be everywhere and do everything and, you know, operate like a big brand, but you don't, you can scale down a little bit and get really good at a few things without having to be like this ultra mega, you know, we have every single service and it's mediocre. Um, focusing on just like one thing really well, I think has been kind of a a great lesson for me. That is so true. And as well, I resonate with that because I, you know, thought I had to be everywhere and I'd Mm -hmm. I'd see people on like LinkedIn and they'd have such a huge following and I'd I'd feel this pressure of like, I need to do that as well. And even though I sort of grew a following on TikTok, it just, it never seems enough, but you have to sort of set yourself that boundary and limit because you can't do everything you know with a 10 out of 10 energy and effort because it just it's unrealistic and you're just not gonna yeah but I also I also think here's something that not a lot of people know is that a lot of these big influencers or big you know talents or celebrities actually have a team behind them that are working um, to really kind of help them facilitate like relationships with influencers to uh, create more content for their other social media channels that is like publishing things on their LinkedIn and Instagram stories and stuff like that so like I think it's very easy I I always hear you know that quote that like you have the same 24 hours in a day as beyond 
Beyonce oh, yes. and, and stuff like that. Yes, I, I'm a big Beyonce fan, as you know. So, yeah. um, but I, but I actually heard I watched this do- documentary with Beyonce, and Beyonce said that's not true. She was mm-hmm. like, not everybody has the same resources that I have in my 24 hours. I don't yeah. have to take care of some things that other people do. Mm-hmm. That so that's not a fair comparison. And she said that she's always kind of hated that statement because it's just so unfair. It's not like she's working, you know, way, way harder than everybody else. She's actually having resources around her. So like same goes for influencers and content creators. And I think people that are just getting started compare themselves to these influencers that they see that have like tons of people on their team behind the scenes, helping them get that. I know so many people that have high quality TikTok videos that outsource it and have video editors like snip it together and like do the captions and make it feel different. Um, that's not something that I'm doing currently, but like I would love to get to a point to where I scale kind of follow Mario into something bigger and provide more, you know, production level marketing tips and stuff like that. But it's not my reality right now. So mm-hmm. I think I have to make sure not to compare myself to those types of people because then I'll feel like I'm not doing enough, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think as well, like, when you are starting out, and not even just starting out in in just general life, to be honest, but, you know, it it is that fear of, am I doing enough, you know, And, and comparing yourself to other people when I think you do have to actually look at reality and think, but you know, I am doing enough. And you don't need to, you know, as you say, you don't need to be doing a podcast. And you know, all of these different things, because what you have done and, you know, what you've achieved and looking back on that as well, because I think often people, I I don't know if you've experienced this, I've definitely experienced it, but you sort of get so caught up in everything in your own little world and you actually forget, oh wait, I've actually done quite, quite a lot and achieved quite a lot and you just forget about it and you're always striving for more and, you know, it's so easy to just forget that and I I really don't lose sight of it because, you know, you have achieved a lot and, you've came all this this long this huge way and you've done so much so you know just just chill out and everything will be fine you don't need to stress about it I definitely need to and the the number one thing is getting good at one thing and then being consistent with that one thing right Mm -hmm. so I think consistency is the most important part if you can show up every day and produce content or you know be a marketer and show up every day and kind of build a marketing plan you know you're good it doesn't have to be 150 percent every single time so i think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget that they feel like they always have to be on performing at their max level um yeah. which doesn't have to be the case no definitely not and some days i wake up and i will just be wearing joggers and no yeah. makeup on and I'm not filming a TikTok today. It's yep. just going to happen. And exactly. It's fine. You know, if you don't post for one day, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. And that's yes. fine to have a little bit of a break. Exactly. Um, and, and also not like rush and force content just to, to get it out because, yeah. you know, you might not be in the frame of mind and it might not, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've done it before where I just feel just I don't know maybe it's because I've not even had my fresh air I really need to go on more walks because I just yeah. <laughs> I need to take that tip um but yeah and then I'll, I'll film and it'll just I'll just end up deleting it because it just yeah. really is and I'm just not I'm just not there you so. have to feel it yeah exactly especially on TikTok as well because you know I think going back to that comparison and seeing you know that girl and all of these mm-hmm. sort of you know everyone's got a perfect life when it's just yeah. not reality like you are going to have some days I think where 
it's you know you might not be as productive or feel as good but you know you you'll have other days where you get loads of you know shit done and it's great so yeah and you know also from your perspective of being a social media guru like because I, I get this question a lot and I actually sort of think about it like what platform should you be focusing on and is it better to focus on yes. you know a few like let's say TikTok's going great is it better yes. to stay on that one platform or should you be across like a lot of channels yeah so really good question I think for me I ha- I the same response a lot of people have heard me talk about this is I believe in diversification of social media channels I don't think you should ever put all of your eggs in one basket on a social media channel, I always recommend having two. And you should have one that is focused on photo content, one focused uh, on video content. For me, that's Instagram and TikTok. I think if you're a new business, if you're just getting started, if you're just getting started as an influencer, you need the balance of the two, right? Mm-hmm. A, a Instagram is a portfolio for you. It is your static content. It is where your content lives. People review it. They see it within a feed, a gallery. Um, Instagram stories is a way for them to get to know you a little bit deeper. Um, Instagram reels is obviously an extension of kind of TikTok as well, but you know, still really great growth potential. And I think that's how a lot of people are growing on Instagram is by being discovered through Instagram reels. So Instagram to me is still a very important channel for people. It's kind of your base. And if you have it as a business, it's really kind of a reflection of your website, right? Like how many times have we heard of like a new brand and we're like, oh, let's look it up on like Instagram first to like see if they're legit. So I think like you kind of have to have that mentality as well uh, to come across as very professional. And then TikTok is just huge growth potential. I think brands are struggling on trying to figure out how they can enter TikTok. But I think you just have to get started, figure out, you know, what your niche is um, and, you know, be able to build upon that. Um, And you know, really create strong video content that you're proud of. I think TikTok is like the number one consumed social media channel right now. So like, if you're not on it, you're totally missing out. So um, I would say a blend of like TikTok and Instagram are always kind of the two that I recommend. I, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think I cannot believe that some brands are still sleeping on TikTok because I just, you know, I I get it's not for everyone. And I guess like definitely probably not for more like B2B clients and stuff. But, you know, I just think the the organic growth and the potential, like it's just silly if you're not on there, at least testing it. Um, And it's interesting that you say that as well, because I've recently started a new role and like clients are sort of just in that Mm -hmm. stage of, do we go on TikTok? Do we test it? And I'm like, yes, please. Let's go. Um, But I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. So, from like a creator um like perspective and then a brand like what do you think it takes for brands to grow on tiktok because Mm -hmm. obviously you see like the success of like duolingo and sort of channels like that but you know is it authenticity and you know what aren't brands getting right because obviously some brands as well they just haven't took off on there yeah and i think it's really understanding the community and understanding Mm -hmm. the platform and how that works for you a brand like Duolingo was very strategic of how they almost went in like unhinged, like go crazy, be one with the community. Like we want, they don't even talk really about like doing Duolingo. You know, they talk about like they have built a brand just on like that owl and the craziness behind them, but that has paid off indirectly by, you know, their Mm -hmm. signups. I think a lot of brands feel like they have to be crazy or curse or be unhinged or whatever you want to call it 
on TikTok. And you don't have to be that. that. That's one element or one content pillar to where you can create content like that. But a lot of brands are being educational. A lot of brands do more behind the scenes on TikTok, following more trends and, and impl- incorporating their brands to it. So like, I think the biggest part with any social media channel, you have to understand what is your brand identity on that that platform. A lot of times people have a brand identity, but they're not willing to adjust that for a platform. A brand like Gucci, for example, like how should they show up? Yes, they have their beautiful campaign images and all that stuff, but how can they take snippets of their videos or be able to like work with more real content with models and stuff like that? So like Mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways of how you can enter the space. You just need to take the time to understand like what is your unique selling point on that channel? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think not a lot of brands do that or they get so turned off and scared by it. They don't Mm -hmm. even get started. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they sort of maybe test a few things, but not enough. Um, But yeah, as you say, it is really getting to know the platform. And it's it's interesting to see sort of what brands are doing on there and how that's going to progress. And obviously, the, the, the TikTok app itself is just crazy to me I mean the whole like e-commerce side of it now as well with like the shopping and the light like it's just it's just literally gone from like one to another yeah and it's yeah it is crazy like when you actually look at you know a couple of years ago in lockdown we're all just making you know dancing videos on right right and now it's like people are actually like growing full-scale businesses on there it is just insane um and leading on to another question I had is what, yeah. oh, sorry, I just absolutely nearly broke my stapler. Oh, no, all good. <laughs> um, what do you think are like the secrets, I guess, or like really good tactics to, you know, a successful social strategy and like what, you know, is it, I guess there's loads of different stages and, you know, I, there's loads of different important parts, but is there yeah. anything that you think, right, this is crucial, you need to make sure that that, you know, that happens in order to have a successful campaign? Yeah, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, that's a tough one to to answer for a variety of different reasons, because it depends on where you're at and what your goals are. So like, Mm -hmm. as an influencer, if you're in growth mode, and you want to try to gain as many followers as possible, it's about quantity. If you're a really trying to engage your community and get more engagement, that takes a different type of storytelling with your existing content and stuff like that. But if you're a brand really kind of working through that, you know, the tips and tricks are really there within a a marketing campaign is to be recognizable to have purpose I think in a lot of ways it's not enough to just tell somebody hey buy this you know jacket it is uh 30 bucks you need to tell them what it's made from you need to tell them why you need to sell them on the lifestyle so it's like different goals for different things and I think you have to tweak your content to be able to speak to that so like you know, when I worked at Forever 21, it was like telling the full collection story or working with influencers as well as models to make, you know, the products be seen everywhere possible. So you're, you're seeing that yellow jacket and you're like, oh, wait, I saw that the other day on their social media. Oh, and I saw that on this celebrity was wearing it at that Forever 21 event and and things like that. So I think you have to be consistent across the board, but understand what your goals are and tweak your content to be able to support those goals, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything. And I think it, it's great for me as well. It's really insightful because 
I'm trying to be a sponge and learn as much as I can about like the social industry. Um, It is quite intimidating and there's a lot out there as well. And it's like hard to know like where to go for, you know, advice and to learn learn about how to do it Um, and to to get that practice in there as well. Because I think it's one thing, as as you said previously, to actually read about social media yes. and, and to even like run your own page, like Instagram page. Yeah. But I guess it's totally different when you have to actually, you know, plan a full whole campaign for a brand yeah. um, and, and for, for like your own businesses as your Exactly. Yeah, no. And I, I can give a couple of examples of like places that I go. I mean, there's a website called Adweek that talks a lot about, you know, advertising trends. Uh, there's a website called WGSN, um, which is very much focused on like women's retail and things like that. But also another tip that I tell a lot of people to do is if you have like favorite brands that you're following or even competitor brands that you're following, go to Google and create Google alerts for all of those. And you can do that daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. And you can get kind of like the highlight news articles that they have about themselves. And nine times out of 10, it's talking about social media. It's Mm -hmm. talking about marketing campaigns. It's talking about those types of things. So that's kind of how I stay on top of things. I read kind of, you know, hero articles. I read a lot of like fashion blogs and stuff like that. But then I also kind of have everything served to me through Google alerts. It really helps me kind of stay on top of those trends and see what everybody else is doing. Otherwise it would be impossible to try to like figure it out all by myself. Yeah. And I think that as well, alongside, you know, doing everything that you do, it's so it's so hard to find the time to actually sit down and go through trends and what's actually going on in the world. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a great piece of advice for people who want to get into the industry um, mm-hmm. to, to have that as sort of a, you know, ongoing source of information for social media. Yeah. Um but yeah, thank you. That that is really interesting. Oh, I'm just definitely gonna take notes as well because I need to learn um, definitely a lot more about social media itself. Yeah, well. it, it's not as overwhelming as people think. I think once you get it, and if you kind of have marketing in your blood, you'll be you'll be great at it. It's just a matter of being organized on top of it and kind of managing as much as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, it, it definitely does go hand in hand. Um, when I was a marketing assistant, I um was sort of dabbling a little bit in it um but not to the sort of scale that you've done like being a social media manager and everything so yeah it's it's super interesting to hear your journey and you know your perspective on things um and I have another question which is if you were to hire someone for you know even let's say a brand like if you were hiring internally or you know, what would you sort of look for and if someone was to maybe create like a portfolio because that's pretty much yeah. what I sort of um tell people to do like on or yeah. just improve their CV like what exactly advice would you give if they were applying to a social media role yep yeah so very good question I think from from my standpoint what I really look for is that people that are able to communicate in results mm-hmm. I have this whole thing so many people on their CVs and resumes and I know this sounds very basic but most people aren't doing this they don't speak about like the results that they drove So they'll Mm -hmm. say, oh, I worked on this campaign with 20 influencers. 
well, what did it drive for the brand? Like, how do I know it's successful? So like, I always tell people, think about the I did X, which resulted in Y mentality. And that's how you have to get comfortable speaking, especially kind of in the early stages is being able to communicate, okay, I, you know, ran this company's social media and I grew their following, you know, X percent over their previous year or, um, you know, I worked with influencers and drove X percent incremental sales or things like that. X percent, you know, engagements. Those are the things that people are going to want to know. And then mm -hmm. also being able to showcase a little bit that you are cross-functional and able to work with a variety of different teams. Um, I think a lot of people are like either good at just social media or just this, but I think mm -hmm. to be a very strong marketer, you need to understand how, the marketing function works. I call it, and this is kind of the technical term for it too, a T-shaped marketer um, to where I have a broad sense of marketing. I know marketing affiliate, you know, SEO, brand marketing, production, loyalty marketing, et cetera. Like I know, I'm not an expert at those, but I know enough to be good at them. And then my expert level is social media. So that's why it's a T-shaped marketer because my expertise is in social media, but the the top of the T is kind of all of the, you know, things that I've, I've generally learned about marketing. And I think a lot of T-shaped marketers are needed and that's kind of what gets you through is kind of understanding, you know, oh, this person can do a lot of things, not just mm -hmm. only social media. Yeah, and I think that is such a good point. Someone actually only told me that the other day. I think I put a story on and they replied like, mm. this is what a T-shaped marketer is. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Super interesting. So I'd never I love it. it. Yeah, it's, it, it's a really great way to sort of put, um, I guess, like a visual aid into like, Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's great as well if you do work in the industry to have a wider understanding of like different marketing areas because yeah. it will come in handy, especially when it, it can just be a minefield when, especially if you're in like a huge meeting or something and everyone's talking about different things and you might just come across things that, you know, if, if you have had sort of a broad awareness of different marketing um, yeah. areas, then you'll, you'll be able to pick it up a lot quicker. Exactly. Uh, and you can participate in the conversation too. Mm -hmm. You can add your two cents. You have a deeper understanding to be like, oh no, I just talk about social media, you know, like, so I think it benefits people. 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll probably wrap up this episode soon. Um, I just want to ask you a final question. So yeah, of course. I know you have done so much and have so much wisdom. Um, but you know, what are your goals for, you know, this year? Obviously, we're still kind of relatively yeah. new into the year into 2022. And, you know, I know that you've obviously got a huge platform on TikTok and mm -hmm obviously Moonrise Social and your tea brands, like what are yeah. your main goals? And with obviously like the current landscape and the social sort of industry that we're in, like what do you want to sort of focus on? And yeah. Yeah, yeah no, very good question. I think goals are always fun. I, I'm a big goal setter. If you can't guess by now, I love kind of planning and being type <laughs> A and all that stuff. <laughs> um, I think for me, I have a couple different goals. I think uh, one of my biggest goals to really scale my tea business. I'm very proud of kind of the products that I produce. We have a lot of great things on the pipeline. We just launched our own e-commerce site. Um, and then we're currently only being sold to the US, but planning to scale that to other international markets. So, you know, lots of exciting things there. And I would love to see that business grow into something huge. Um, so that from a professional standpoint, I think that's my biggest uh, goal. I think 
Yeah, I would say I would say that's probably the biggest goal professionally. I think personally, um, this might be a little bit TMI, but on a personal note, I'm actually um, starting my surrogacy journey. So I'm looking to be a, a dad um, over the course of the next year or so. Uh, oh, so I think that's the biggest accomplishment, right, is starting yeah. your own family. So um, my partner and I are very excited to kind of start that journey and, and you know, see how that goes. So lots of big things uh, coming in, in the next year, but uh, those would be my two biggest goals. Oh, that is, I mean, what a lovely way to end. But yeah, that is oh, amazing. <laughs> Obviously, you know, huge, the best of luck. I mean, you're thank absolutely you. smashing it. And, you know, it, it's so inspiring for not only myself, like as you guys know, who's listening, I am a huge super fan of Mario. And <laughs> oh, thank you. An incredible inspiration for me because um, when I first started out, I literally had like no following and flow didn't really exist. So, you know, to have these, um, to have people like yourself out there who are providing advice and support for people who might be lost and might want to learn more about marketing, it's it's so useful. And yeah, I can't even express how like grateful I am for you too. Oh, thank you so much. It's okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very sweet. Um, and yeah, it, it's been amazing to have you on. Um, just one final sort of end note, I guess. Yeah. Do you have like one sort of line or one piece piece of advice for um, anyone who wants to really like get into social media um, and be a social media marketer? I would say the biggest thing is not to give up. I think it's, it's yeah. such a hard, whether you're going in as an influencer, whether you're going in as a marketer, whether you want to be a social media manager, you know, looking for jobs nowadays, it feels like everybody talks about how many jobs there are out there. Uh, but it is very competitive. Marketing is a very mm -hmm. admirable kind of industry to be in. And I think a lot of people want in. So don't get discouraged if you apply to a brand and don't hear back or, you know, you're freelancing and it's getting hard to, you know, get your first client. The payoff is going to be so great. Or if you're a content creator and you're not going viral just yet or not getting the following that you need to have, it will come, but just be very consistent and passionate and don't lose kind of that energy because it's all about energy and marketing and making sure that you maintain that and keep kind of your ambition lit. Um, so, you know, that's my biggest piece of advice is just don't give up and just keep going and stay positive with everything and it'll all work out. Cause I think if, if, you know, Mario today was to ask baby Mario when he was first getting started about, you know, could I have done half of the things that I ended up doing? Um, I would have never believed you. So, you know, from that standpoint, you never know what's around the corner. You never know what your next job offer is going to be. You never know what your next project's going to be. Your viral content's going to be. Um, you just kind of stay consistent with it and something will happen. That is a great piece of advice to end on. And I think, yeah, like if any of you guys are listening and, you know, you're really in a maybe difficult place or, you know, you've just graduated or you're just finding it difficult, like that is just the key. Like keep going, be positive. You might get rejection. You might have a difficult, you know, couple of weeks or a day or whatever it is, but, you know, you have got this and, you know, looking at Mario's journey and even like from myself, from my own perspective, you have really just got to keep going and you will be fine. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you so much again, Mario. It's been amazing to have you on. Um, and yeah, I'm sure the Flow community will have, you know, so much to learn from you. And guys, if you are not following Mario, which I know a lot of you probably will already because you're in the marketing <laughs> space, but 
please go follow him on TikTok. He is so insightful. And oh, I will link all of it, all I can't get my words out. All of his oh, nice. um social channels and his tea business and everything else. Um, but Amazing. yeah, be sure to check him out because he is such a great um resource to go to for social media marketing advice. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this and I'm always open for conversation. So if any of the flow community wants to DM me or ask me any questions, I'm more than happy to, you know, chat about marketing and, and give as, as much of advice as, as I can give. So thank you so much again for having me. My pleasure. Thank you again, Mario. And be sure to subscribe and follow Flow as well, guys, if you haven't already. And yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. And be sure to listen out for the next one.